You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Hello and welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on the 28th of December and yet another end of the year episode for us. It's always nice when we do these because, again, it, it indicates that we've had a, a fun year talking about a crap load of games and we are going to be discussing a lot of our favorites for the year. Now, whereas a lot of other sites will do their best of and what they feel is the best of, that's not what we've done over the years and we've made that abundantly clear. These are our favorites. We have not necessarily played all of the games that would otherwise be considered the best of the year, say. So this is just what our experiences have been and what we've enjoyed. So agree with us or don't, really don't give a rat's ass. We're drinking. We've got pain meds and cold meds in us as well. <laughs> so it's bound to be a very interesting night. So, and I love I, how you I, included all of us in those statements. And a sore boob. So uh, all that well, I mean, to be together. fair, I'm, I'm pretty heavily medicated still, too. So I'm right there yeah. with you, Roger. There you go. So... We are actually going to be covering actually quite a few different quote-unquote categories and whatnot. I'm going to be referring periodically to the awards, the game awards as well, just because it's interesting to see where they kind of stood on some of what they considered to be the, the best of the year and whether or not we kind of agree with it as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to break it down by, by um, consoles, and then talk about some other things as well, be it MMOs and stories and things like that. And again, want to reiterate, we haven't played them all. All of the ones that actually won big at the Game Awards, like Case in Point in Witcher 3, came out a big winner. I know I haven't. I know, Joe, you have. Vince, did you even play 3? Oh, yeah. I own it. But you haven't played. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to finish Fallout. I can say. So basically next you only year. You play 1,000 hour game at a time, Roger. Come on. So um, we're going to start with the PS4 and talk about what we, what was our favorite game of the year for PS4. And because of the way that we're doing it, where we're not really putting in, um, you know, choices, because I didn't do that for the guys. I said, listen, we're going to talk about these Figure out which ones are your favorites, and, and you can have a few runner-ups if you want, because we're not going to say here are the ones that we select as the, the, the choices. So for me, my choices, I'll start off just so that you guys have a little bit of time to prep. For me, choice-wise, I was looking at uh, Life is Strange, Tales from the Borderlands, and Batman Arkham Knight as, as my favorite for the console for, for PS4 that I played on the PS4. I also played some Inquisition, but not nearly enough. And even Batman, I didn't do nearly enough, but I still had enough of it that I really got a good grasp of, of what it was, and I enjoyed what I did do in it. For me, and this is no surprise to anybody who listened to those episodes where we talked about Life is Strange and Tales from the Borderlands, especially the final one, Life is Strange for me was the experience for me, my favorite on PS4. I just had so much fun playing that game. Now, I know that you can get it across consoles and, and PC and whatnot. And again, this is what we played on those consoles. Keep that all in mind, okay? Life is Strange for me was such a standout game for the year. 
that it really surprised me just how much impact it had, not just in terms of the overarching story, but how each individual episode, even the, even the ones that were not as impactful, were still insanely good and well and impactful they, each one had a punch to it just some of them knocked you out and it was a game that while i'd always loved that telltale formula of storytelling don't nod kind of took that and ran with it like no other company has i i was so impressed with the title and with the writing, with the voice acting, there were a couple of small things that were kind of irksome, but nothing that detracted from the game for me personally. We've made it clear that I know, Joe, especially you had some more issues with certain things and whatnot. But for me, that was where it was at. So, Joe, I'll go to you. What was your favorite for PS4? And I know already that you didn't have your PS4 that long. Yeah, so this is going to be a weird one because I literally just got yeah, the PS4 when, when Battlefront came out. But I'm actually going to go back to an old favorite because one of the first games I installed on it was Shovel Knight. And it's going to sound really, <laughs> it's going to sound goofy, but stay with me here. I played Shovel Knight on the PC. I bought it for the PC and it was one of those things. I was like, okay, this is great. I absolutely love that game. It was a completely different experience being able to sit on my couch with an actual controller in my hands on my brand new TV sitting there in like what was i don't want to say I, well, it's not 4k i'm not roger but it was pretty damn good quality and just feeling like i was like a little kid again sitting in front of my tv in my mother's living room playing mario it was, it was just a really great experience and playing on the ps4 controller was actually a lot better than me jamming my xbox controller into my pc and i, I never thought i would actually say those words but so of all the games that I reinstalled and played through, I'm actually going to give it to Shovel Knight because they did a damn good job putting that onto a console. I really have to say that. Plus, you know, Plague Knight because Plague Knight. <laughs> How was the Plague Knight update? I actually haven't touched that. Really hard, like really rewarding, but really difficult. It's because it's just compl- every, it's all the same levels, all the same hazards, but completely different mechanics to get through everything. And it was it was like a brand new damn game, and I absolutely love it. And if they keep doing that with other nights, I'm sold. I'll keep throwing money at them. They they have my money just every single time. I saw it's uh, a Plague Night run through is on the uh, schedule for AGDQ this year. Yes, and it's. I think everybody, if you're if you're a speedrunner fan, you're going to be very impressed with uh, some of the stuff that they've been putting up for it because it is there's some weird wacky shit you can do with Plague Night. <laughs> okay. Vince? See, I'm pretty much the opposite of Joe because virtually every game I played this year is on my PS4, except for the couple of PC games I've played and, you know, the odd handheld game. So I echo everything you say about Life is Strange. But, like, I looked at this category a little differently as what was the best, at least for me, PlayStation experience. And I have to give a lot of credit to Until Dawn, which was a PS4 exclusive, because... All the marketing and everything leading up to that game had me convinced it was just Hayden Panettiere running around in a towel for ten, for a couple hours. Once the actual game came out and the storytelling and the decision-making throughout the game, it's basically the game David Cage has been trying to make for the last 10 years and hasn't quite gotten together. It was actually a really solid story-driven horror game, so I have to give them a lot of credit there. I almost picked it up when it was on sale. 
mm-hmm. hella might still be on sale. And I was like this fucking close to picking it up. But again, watching money plus I just spent some money on stupid PC. So it was like, no, I can't. But I, once it's even lower price, I'm actually really looking forward to playing that game. Yeah. But for me, when I think of the best PlayStation experience I had this year, hands down, Rocket League. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And, and I know it's a, it's a multi-platform, but the PlayStation really helped make that game with it being a PS Plus game during its first month on, on oh, the market. Yeah, yeah. That helped sell a lot of copies on PC. That's, they've sold tons of DLC uh, for yeah, they gave away a lot of free copies, but they've made a lot of that money back just oh, selling I, car packs. I bought the DeLorean. <laughs> I had to buy the DeLorean when it came out. Are you kidding me? There, in my opinion, there's no other way to play the game than with a DeLorean. <laughs> so when I look at you know the best PlayStation experience for me this year, it's absolutely Rocket League. And not just that, but Rocket League was such a surprise because mm-hmm. I mean they'd already put what was the name of the the first one that they did like that. Uh, supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars. No, no, there was another one before that that they did. I can't remember what the hell it was. But anyways, and and my son and I had kind of played it a little bit before, and then when this came out, it was going to be like, eh, and then we tried it, and we've put in a lot of time just doing nothing but playing co-op, and the co-op is, like a lot of games right now have forgotten how important couch co-op is. Whether you're playing against or together kind of thing, it's just, it, it makes a huge difference. And especially because, as I've said many times before, a lot of older gamers now have families. Hell, even younger parents have, have kids now and, and are and want to game with them. And something like this is so easy to play with anybody because it's so, so much fun. And we've even played it with our eldest daughter as well. So three play and it's just a freaking blast. Unbelievable how much fun it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it also had a, it was an instant hit with uh, streamers oh, and, God, yeah. oh, yeah. and, and shoutcasters. Like it, I was PS4. surprised. I, I wasn't. Oh, I the was. action because the action was fast paced. It was easy to latch onto. And thinking of it, not in an American centric world, it's soccer. Again, and, don't get me wrong. I'm not surprised that it's, that it's caught on. I'm surprised by how fast it caught it was on. Instantaneous. When, like when you've got well, esports tournaments and shit, like in no time flat, then it's like, holy crap. Like they were obviously planning this for a while because it skyrocketed. Well, and being able to stream it to, yeah. while, like the PS4 in general, being able to stream it to Twitch was a big thing. So it's a free game that's awesome, that has simple mechanics that you can play with anybody that you could, you know, push to stream with zero effort. That's amazing. Like that really helped that catch on really quickly, too. What I love about it, too, is that it's one of those types of games as well that has so many of those holy crap did you see that yeah. moments that you're like constantly replaying it to go like how did they pull that shit off that's amazing so okay let's move on to the xbox one now joe you've had yours actually the longest of us so i'll let you go first well uh, it's probably gonna sound like a surprise or maybe not a surprise but my favorite xbox one game is going to have to go to destiny the taken king yeah well oh, that's not surprising spend- by far the most time in that game running around shooting shit exploring things and just really loving it uh everything from the the visuals to the audio to even the holiday event was just absolutely killer for me and i absolutely just fell in love with the game as soon as i 
well bought the real game. Well, see, the thing with that too, though, is, and and this isn't to discount how much fun you've been having with it or whatever, but you hadn't gotten to play it when it first came out. So the Taken King was your first experience with it. And so you're, you have that wild eyed wonder with the game that we had when we first started as well. That's none of the problems. Yeah, exactly. They fixed a whole bunch of shit. And again, the Taken King, I've heard nothing but good things. I personally have still not picked it up. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, but, uh, but yeah, no, I can, I can, I can see that easily. And Vince, you still don't have one, do you? Nope. No, I didn't think so. Okay, we're well, skipping over you then. <laughs> Unless you watched something that you want to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, re- I've really got nothing. I actually don't have a lot either because I picked up mine, but I picked it up late. And while there are games on it that we've played, they tend to be the ones that we've gotten for gold that, that are older ones. And the main game that I've played, of course, is Forza 6. Even that, I haven't put a ton of time in it, but from uh, the perspective of someone who's done a crap load of racing games and whatnot... Forza, Forza 6 does so much right, it's unbelievable. Slick as hell, gorgeous, handles beautifully. The The weather conditions in it are beyond anything that I've ever seen. When you're looking at racing through puddles and losing control in puddles, it, it's unbelievable how much fun it is. My, my only thing that, that, that depresses me about it is that I, I don't have a wheel <laughs> because they're so fucking expensive. <laughs> If anybody who designs wheels would like to sponsor the show for an episode, <laughs> I'll accept a wheel. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I would love a wheel to play with this because it just is so much fun. Okay, let's move on to the Wii U. Now, this is one of those things where it's kind of depressing because I feel so much of the Wii U games that have come out have been remixes or remasters of Mm -hmm. older games and not a lot of new stuff. Splatoon is the one that we've all seen that we can agree is spectacular. Ironically, I picked it up for my son for Christmas and, 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 and another game. And I told him like, if you don't want to play these, we'll return them, get whatever you want. And he held it in his hand for a long time. And I was like, I just don't know how much I would play it. And I'm like, that's fine. We'll return it. So, it, it it has an appeal, but not necessarily enough to everyone, especially, and he loves first-person shooter kind of games and things like that, but I don't know. So for, for us here, for the Wii U, it's still very much Mario Kart 8. And ironically, I was looking at different um, sites that were listing their tops for the year as well, and they were saying how it's it's telling of where the Wii U is that... The second DLC pack it was one of the best things that they put out for the entire console for the year. And it's true. I mean, it is spectacular, and we still play a crap load of Mario Kart. Joe, are you playing anything on your Wii U right now? Yes, actually, I was. <laughs> um, Yoshi's Woolly World was my standout game for the Wii U this year. And I don't know if that's going to be a surprise, but it's tight controls, great platforming, awesome graphics, and a really good game. And if you like the old school Mario games, you like Yoshi's Island back in the day, it is a spiritual successor to it in every which way you could possibly imagine with really awesome graphics on top of it. And the aesthetic is really killer. I'm sorry. I love that game. No, nothing to apologize about. Dan, you're saying in the chat room that you're thinking next year is going to be the year you pick up a Wii U. Honestly, now, Vince, you still don't have one. eh? You're planning on picking one this year or next year? Yes, it's... I've been instructed I will be getting one next yeah, year. Yeah, but that's because of her. That's not your <laughs> choice necessarily. 
<laughs> no, no, there, there's, I, I've definitely wanted one for a while, especially uh, with Xenoblade coming out now and theoretically a new Zelda on the horizon. Even looking at the Zelda, which for me would be the only reason to, to really pick one up. And Joe, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not at this point, but if when people are now asking whether or not they should pick one up or saying that they will, I'm actually telling them that they may want to hold off. I don't know if you're in the same boat as I. I'm I'm kind of at a weird crossroads, right? Because there's a lot of good stuff that you can play right now that makes it, in my opinion, worthwhile, especially because most game stores have sales on Wii U yeah, regularly. Yeah. Um, Mario Maker, Yoshi's Woolly World, uh, any of the Mario party games are always awesome. Uh, Zombie U is still actually a ton of fun. There's actually a lot of decent titles that you can pick up for it that do justify the cost of it. But at the same point, there's a lot of stuff that it doesn't have. It doesn't have the Zelda game. It doesn't have, you know, Star Fox is going to be a next gen thing. You know, really like it. They say it's going to be out, but it's probably going to be one to be in the next gen thing when it gets pushed back. It's just one of those things where I'm, I'm telling people that there's value, but I'm not, trying to push them one way or another but see when you're saying value a lot of the games that are the a lot of the games that are worth playing are just remasters of games that have already come out that we've already played a, a large number of them so sure. for me that doesn't justify the cost of another console and it's not it, like it's, it's super it cheap either but it also depends. It depends on what your value is. Like re- like Renee and I, we play a lot of party games when people are over. So we play a lot of Wii U stuff because we can play Mario Kart with multiple people. We can play Mario Party and stuff like that. Yes, they are rehashes of old games, but they're still fun. doesn't matter that they're rehashes. Mario Maker, while it is, I didn't even know if you would call it a rehash or a remix because... No, it's a new guess, game. It's a new game. But it's a new game. There's so much replayability in, the, in that one thing alone because it's limited really only by the imagination of the people playing and making levels. And the levels that you can download for, I don't know if you guys have really been following that at all. And the levels, the insane levels it, that it's people ridiculous. are making. There is a huge, huge community. There are millions of levels you can play for this. It's an infinite game. That in and of itself, like it's a game that you can theoretically play yep. for ever yeah but you're always playing a mario game you're sure. always playing a but mario platformer it's not I like don't you're see doing that necessarily as a negative though see i do i do because it's while it's you fun still play to tomb be... raider what's that you still play tomb raider what does that have even to do though with it's anything? been even though it's been upgraded it's still essentially the same game uh i would disagree with that yeah i know where I, you're going I but i would well. disagree quite a bit what i'm saying though hold on hold on hold on hold on what i'm saying though is and again it's some people can play mario forever and be happy with that and that's that's cool whatever it's the same thing as somebody can be happy playing just wow and that's it they don't need to play other games let alone other mmos but other games period they're happy with just wow this is just mario you're doing a mario game all the time. And yeah, the, the, the platforms are going to be different and the level's different and things like that, but it's still a Mario platformer. So sure, that's where I, I'm saying, like, there's, for me personally, be, there's only so the much replayability. Value. Yeah, there's not, there's not going to be the same value for everybody, right? No, exactly. I understand that. And that's the same for any game, really, right? It's just one of those things where if people ask my opinion on it, I'll point out those games and say, I personally think that it's worth the money. 
but again, they are missing some key things like, again, no Zelda. Yeah. And plus, a lot of that discussion has to do with, you know, the NX being on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. like, sure. Well, why are you going to buy a Nintendo console now when there's going to be another one on the shelf in a year or two? But how long is the NX going to be on the shelf before it becomes a viable purchasing option? Right. So, I mean, and you just have to pick up the Wii U. Yeah, exactly. You just have to eventually just pick a point and go, OK, it's it's worth it to me now. See, what's funny is that and, and again, we buy all the consoles, all the toys and, and things like that. I look back now at both the Wii as well as the Wii U. I completely skipped the actual Wii. Yeah, see, we got it. Now, the Wii had a lot of fun initially just because of how different it was and the things that you could do. And for that party mentality when you have people over, I mean, fuck, I was doing golf games with my folks who do not game. My mother was golfing in the game, having a blast. So there, there were a lot of moments because of the novelty. But, I mean, that wore off fairly fast, and then that thing just collected dust for a long, long time. And I was hoping when the U came out that, again, novelty of the other screen, but there'd be, they'd, they'd have learned that and we'd get off more. even quicker. It did. It did. And I seriously, yes, I've had some great moments with the Wii U. We've had some, some fun with some different games and all that. But in all honesty, I actually see it as a waste of money. I see it for me. I feel that I wasted my money on that and the games because it just, there has not been enough new come out to, and, and third party support, obviously to make it worthwhile. So, okay, let's move on. Unless did you have anything you wanted to add Vince? I just put me on the Splatoon bandwagon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's look at uh, mobile games. Now for this, I actually have not been gaming nearly as much on my iPad this year. No, Normally, neither. I yeah, same. play like crazy, and there have justifi- justifiably been some very, very good iPad games that I've popped in and played a little bit, but nothing that really grabbed my interest that I would want to play it. I have been playing on my Vita more. I don't have a 3DS. My son does. But I've been playing on the Vita, but I've actually been playing a lot more of the games that you get for free every month, which again, weren't necessarily released last year. If you look at the actual top games that were released last year, I really didn't play any of them for the Vita. The one that I've been playing so much of and loving is race the sun, which I don't know. It's a great game. Yeah. It's like 2013 is when this shit came out, but it came out last year and I can't put this game down. I love it. It's got infinite replayability. And again, we're going back to what you were saying about, you know, procedurally generated or whatever that you're going to have levels forever that you can play. But this is the kind of thing that I like in that racing mentality. And I love the art style of it. And again, it doesn't fall as, you know, a, a best of the year, certainly, but it, it was my favorite of last year to play. And that's all thanks to PS plus, which as I've said time and time again is one of the best values for for uh, consoles that I've ever seen. Joe, what about you? Mobile gaming? Honestly, the only mobile game I've even remotely played was Hearthstone, and that's about it. Like, I haven't played any. That's actually, you know, a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's I played the shit out of that. Although I pretty much stopped playing <laughs> right before the Argent Tournament shit was introduced. <laughs> that's when I went, no, I'm not doing that crap. You I know hate. what was really goofy, though? That they had a lot of good cards that made for some very interesting mechanics and deck combinations. And honestly, the introduction of Tavern Brawl. 
Like yeah. tavern brawls have been insanely fun for me, mostly because it takes away some of the things I hate about the game. Like I hate building decks. And I know this may sound goofy, but and, and people will probably be like, well, why the fuck are you playing a card game anyway? I hate building decks in Hearthstone specifically because I find the limitations too restricting to what I want to do. And having modes where it's just like, here's a hero, here's random cards, or here's a random scenario. You get to play one of these random bosses or, you know, whatever the case is, I find those a lot more fun. And that's actually got me playing a lot more Hearthstone. And I have been playing that on my phone, actually, of all things. I, I've been playing it on my iPad mainly, um, just because you can do it anywhere. So sitting down watching TV and whatnot, I can just play cards on that. The um, Did you do the, what's the name of the last expansion? The, um, damn it, the excavation with the... Uh... Oh, you're talking about the Adventurers League thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do that one? Not yet. Okay. I haven't yet either, although... Uh, I was watching a lot of videos of it, of the different encounters and whatnot. And that's where I think Earthstone really shines. And we've talked about that before is in the boss encounters because it really throws mechanics for a loop. And then you have a lot more fun with it because of those mechanics. And you have to build a deck specifically because of that encounter and you're, you're likely never to use it again, but you need it for that one boss kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did you see the, the video that they did of different streamers for, and I don't know what his name is, but one of the bosses steals your deck. Yes. So like you, you build this amazing <laughs> deck and then he steals it and then they give you this crappy old deck to use in its place. And it, and it's like, that's such an awesome mechanic because the first time you see that, you're going to be going, what the fuck? That's my deck. <laughs> and that's what the streamers were doing. And it's hysterical, but it's, it's great when you see a card game be able to do that to you. And I agree with you in terms of the, the deck building, whereas I, I actually do enjoy the deck building, but it pales in comparison to anything you could do in Hex or Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nowhere near as much fun. Uh, Vince, what about you? Favorite mobile games for the year? Yeah, I'm kind of along with you guys. I think for a lot of people, like the mobile gaming market has kind of shifted in a very uncomfortable way. Like we don't have those fun, like really cool experiences anymore. Now it's just, you know, cash is what it's all about. Um, But I mean, we have to talk about the phenomenon that was Fallout Shelter. Oh, God, yeah. Everybody played for a week and then went, oh, okay, I've already got 200 dwellers. I'm done. And then it came out on Android and everybody played it for a week. But as far as a well-designed mobile game that treats its customers like people and not uh, slot machines. Yeah. Uh, But for me, the game I by far played the most of on my phone this year was Alpha Bear. That's the... um Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking something else. Okay, yeah. No, what I actually the fuck play. is Alpha Bear? I'll say it. <laughs> it's it's basically like Boggle, almost. But it's it has like some small little RPG elements and like has a Pokemon factor of collecting various bears to give you stat boosts and bonus points. It, it's just, I'll flat out say it, it's a perfect toilet game. Right. You can play it for a minute and get a high score and unlock a new bear and then go about your day. <laughs> That bear looks like something Alicia would want. She puts you up to it, didn't she? No. <laughs> the um, the the 3DS is still like my son still plays with his. This was a really down year for 3DS. Like oh, last yeah. year, uh, last well, year 3DS was the gaming 
platform to own. This year, not so much. Depends on what you're into. He's still playing Super Smash Bros. on his all the bloody time, and especially because the new characters have come out. A game that came out over a year ago. I know. Like, that game has staying power, though, is what I'm saying. And and as soon as they had their, their, their... thingamabob or there where they mm-hmm. announced the new people that you could play he bought cloud and was like yep i'll buy it and and is still playing the damn thing all all, all the time and he loves it plus what else did, was it terraria i think that just came out on it yeah that yeah he picked that up and pff, can't put it down so there is still some life but it's bringing it's either with older games or something like terraria that is just remastered for for that console Exactly. Like I, I've picked up a couple games this year and ha- nothing's really stuck until I got uh, Xenoblade Chronicles the other day, right? which is a remake of the Wii game. So, yeah. Okay, let's move on to PC. So for me, obviously, this year, Fallout 4, which once again, boys, thank you very much. So Fallout 4 up. was... <laughs> what the fuck was that for? <laughs> You don't need your thanks. I was being nice, you jackass. I'm not used to it, okay? You can't help you can't be mad at me for it. I'm not used to it. Um but yeah, I <laughs> it's a strange thing. I don't know how to react. <laughs> Roger's being nice to me. Um it, I mean I, I've played a lot of other PC games over the course of the year as well, but there's a lot of things about this game that it does right that it really you can sink your teeth into and hang on to it and have a lot of fun. There's things that are not as much fun, but the deeper I get into the game, which if I'm not clocking in over 80 hours yet, I'm, I'd be surprised. I think I'm probably closer to, especially the last few days of being sick. I think I'm up over a hundred hours probably. And the deeper in I go, the more I'm actually having fun because whereas initially I started doing like a lot of other people too, messing around with your settlement and doing some building and stuff like that. And you you get that Sims thing going on there for a little while which is all well and good and and justifiably still a lot of fun. It keeps you occupied during the the slow burn of the early story. Yeah, and then but now I I've just got quests everywhere that I can do and I haven't even explored the entirety of the map yet, but I've got stuff that I could do everywhere. There's a crap load of quests. Case in point again, last couple of days I've been doing the the, the main storyline and whatnot, but I've also been making sure to tackle some of the side ones just because I want to make sure that I can get those done as well. Because every once in a while, you'll get that message of, oh, you failed this, and the timer ran out. It's like, oh, well, I guess that kid's going to die then. <laughs> the Raiders got their hands on him, and he's a, he's a stew now. <laughs> Preston should have been less annoying. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm trying to do some of those. But what winds up happening, and and this is very much a Bethesda thing, which there's a reason why I love Elder Scrolls games. There's a reason why I've loved the Fallout games is the world is very much alive and I'll just wander into an area and find a quest, start talking to somebody and then follow that rabbit down the hole for a little while. And before you know it, you've got this incredible experience. Sometimes it's long, sometimes it's not Uh, case in point. I'm playing yesterday and the do you guys know where the open mine pit is? Have you been there yet? Yes, I've been to a couple of them. <laughs> oh, okay. I've only ever seen one. So, are you talking about the one with the actual structure around the outside? Like, there's actual like 
people mining or things mining, I guess I should say. No, no, this is just, there's some guys, some raiders there, but it's just a big okay. open mine pit. Because there's, there's, there are three or four of them. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I found the one with the weird Lovecraftian shit going down at the bottom. Yes, that's my favorite. I love that one. <laughs> that was awesome. That's okay. So that one there, you get to the bottom and you go through. And spoilers for anybody so who hasn't. Here's the thing. For for I don't know. If, did you guys actually drain that? What do you mean drain? Like I, when I was like you level five, I came across it, that. and the guy's like, "Hey, I'll pay you some caps if you go dive down into that shit water and turn these cranks." So like I'm the one that uncovered that in my world. Oh, maybe we're not talking about the same one then. The one no, that I'm. Oh, ta- no, 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 no. That's right. No, that is a different one. My apologies. No, the one that I'm talking about. You you have to go and clear out the raiders, mm-hmm. and you you take the little passage on the side, and you start. Going See, that's why down. I'm saying there's there's a couple there's a couple of those quarries, and I was getting some mixed up. Okay, well this one here, once you kill the raiders and you, the quest is done, then theoretically you can turn tail and just head back out. But there's a passage that leads even mm-hmm. deeper down. Once you go down there, then there's ghouls that you're fighting. And there's this like thick mist that's down there as well. And I had a uh, dude from the Good Neighbor bar. Um, what the hell's his name? McCready? McCready. Yeah. So I had him with me. And he's like, I don't think we should be down here. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Coward, stay with me. But that's when you get the flashes of mm-hmm. what happened. And then it turns into the ghouls. And I'm going, this is freaking awesome. And again, it was one of those things where nobody sent me that far in. I just found it and I just kept going deeper and deeper and it just keeps getting spookier and spookier. It didn't help that I had all the lights off and <laughs> earphones on and I played. <laughs> I go, this is freaking awesome. And then when you get to the end, it was amazing. Granted, <laughs> I was wearing my power suit armor. And so I get to the water at the end oh, and yeah. I'm not thinking. So I'm going, let's oh, see what's at right. the bottom. So I jump in and I sink like a goddamn stone. And that's when I realized <laughs> you can't swim in power. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, and I tried, I tried everything to get out of there that I could. So I actually had to go to a prior save and this time swim down, go get the knife and come back up. But all that just to say an experience that is, that was justifiably friggin' awesome. I loved it. It's not long, but it's so well done, and the atmosphere is great. And when you get the flashback kind of things, you're you're there. And so that's what this game is. It's not just that main storyline, which has been really, really interesting, but also just these little moments that I love. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on the PC front because Fallout 4 is an absolutely amazing game for all of those reasons. But so is Witcher 3. And I've played a hell of a lot of Witcher 3. And I've played a hell, like, I've played a... a, a Fallout 4 doesn't have a goddamn card game, I tell you that much. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's true. It does not have a goddamn card game. I absolutely love both of these games for the same fucking reason. And it's so hard for me to choose which one I'd have to pick as a favorite, so I'm calling it a tie. But it's the same thing. Like, Witcher 3 has those same sort of organic experiences that world is huge. You can just pick a direction and ride your fucking horse and you can come across random towns. I found a fucking random ghost town, literally a town of ghosts. Like there are so much random shit in that game, just like Fallout 4. Both of these games do something absolutely incredible. 
and that's why it's so hard for me to pick is these wonderful organic experiences that aren't necessarily tied to anything, but are still lovingly put together and put into these game worlds. Like they're not just, they're not just game worlds. They're worlds of their own, right? They're these complete living, breathing entities for the players. And that's what I absolutely love about it. Like in Fallout 4, Vince, I know what pit you're talking about where they go to pay you to like, yeah. And then for you the can show go water. back later and it's actually drained. And it's actually drained. But if you don't do that, like after a certain number of days, you can get there and it's drained. Like they mm-hmm. con- they convince somebody else to do it. Like the game will progress without your interaction in certain regards. And the same for Witcher 3. So the thing, I'm so torn. So I have to I have to be take the, the chicken's way out and pull a tie, man. I really do. Okay. Vince? See, I, I actually played a bunch of really good PC games this year. I mean, Shadowrun Hong Kong was probably the game I would pick, uh, but I have to give a lot of recognition to Pillars of Eternity, which I've just started playing thanks to the Steam sale. But, I mean, it's Baldur's Gate done for a 2015 audience and done well, so that's fantastic. And I have to give a lot of love based on sheer creativity to Undertale. Like, that game is still a phenomenon. New people are still picking it up. People who have been playing it since it came out are still finding new stuff in that game. So it's definitely deserving of recognition. See, another one that I was going to mention, and this ties into Hearthstone that you were talking about, for me, PC games as well. And it's not going to be the same for a lot of people, obviously, because not not enough people are playing it. But I am still so hooked into Hex, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but you put that on your list two weeks ago. How do you feel about it now? (laughs) I still do love it. <laughs> if you were following my tweets, yes. freaking AI is cheating a little now. And they didn't used to, but it is. And they need to fix that shit pronto. But, and that's, it's funny because we've talked about that in terms of the AI designing for the game and how it, it works. And so that's why I was surprised when this started, because it never used to happen, where you're, you're doing Frost Ring Arena now. And in inevitably, every single boss fight for each of them, because there's four boss fights, you have to mulligan at least once, if not twice. And some people will say, well, that's RNG. No, no, it's not RNG when it's every single boss fight. You have to mulligan. And so that is a cheat. The AI is cheating so that you have a smaller hand to to play with. So that's not cool. But looking at it, and again, part of this is because I am such a huge fan of, of card games. So that's why I love it so much. When I look at it and compare to... Magic the Gathering, even, and the obvious Hearthstone, as well as the other ones that have come out recently, it is so far ahead of them with what little content it already has. So, like, I mean, it's got three different cards, card packs that you can already choose from, which is good. And then they've introduced that Frost Ring Arena, which is still so much fun. I love it. And then there's the obvious being able to play with others, and there are tournaments and whatnot as well. And Every time I'm reading now about the other stuff that they're working on, the PVE content that should be seeing the light of day this year or next year, I should say, I'm super, super excited for it. I still play that game pretty much every day. I'll play at least a game or two. I'll often just leave it up and play while I'm doing something else kind of thing as well. It's just still a ton of fun. It's exceptionally well done. And when you're talking about fun deck building, this is that game. Because 
I've got a crap load of decks to choose from. And that's because I keep making new ones because you'll get certain cards or whatnot and equipment for cards for your hero for specific cards and whatnot that change the dynamics so much fun, so much. And you have so much fun when a game goes your way. It still is. And this has happened in the last few weeks, several times. It's still the only game for me where I will. And, and, and I don't get that excited when I play games, I will cheer. When something goes the right way and and it just boom and it's like, I did it and yes <laughs> and that excitement, that childlike excitement, and it's that game that's doing that for me, which says a lot for, for the game and what I think of it. So let's move on now to our favorite MMO MMO expansions as well. So Vince, you're not really playing any MMOs now. Well, no, I have a lot to say about this. Yet, yeah, so. you, you know, Fall <laughs> Final Fantasy. That's right. Okay, well, go ahead. Yeah, this this is actually yeah. a fantastic year for non-Blizzard MMOs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had Heaven's Word come out for Final Fantasy fourteen, which was huge. Now, I still haven't actually played much or any of the actual Heaven's Word content, but what I've seen of what's there, it's. I mean, it's basically a second game that they've added on to the already existing Final Fantasy XIV. I mean, we had Heart of Thorns come out for Guild Wars 2, which, again, huge, huge sweeping changes to the game. But for me, both for new content it's added and the amount that it's done for the entire game leading up to the expansion, I have to give it to Knights of the Fallen Empire. Yep. Because... I haven't played Star Wars The Old Republic in three years, and I'm hooked on that game again because, yes, there's a huge big story at the end that I haven't gotten to yet because I'm starting fresh from level one. But that's why I'm starting fresh from level one because they have made sweeping changes to the experience to get to the new expansion that has made the game so, so much more fun for me. That's my pick as well. And I mean, that's from still having put in what I consider to be too many hours in WoW this year. <laughs> um, I, I've made my opinions clear that I still, WoW is still a good game, but it's just that there wasn't enough and I to, to do now. And I hated Warlord so much of it, but I still was in and playing with friends and doing stuff as well. But I, Swotor, I, I have always loved Swotor and I played it on and off again since release. I had not been playing for a while simply because, again, too many monthly costs. You, you really don't want to. And, and right now, you guys are paying 15 bucks for this. I pay 23 Our Our currency exchange is shit right now. Mm. And so that's why I only have one that I'm paying, and that's that one. And so that says a lot about it being worth it. And I have... I've finished the actual Knights of the Fallen Empire content as well, and I'm dying uh, for you. So to... far. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Up, up until <laughs> There's now. some good stuff on the horizon from what I've seen. Yeah, but that's the thing. What I've already seen has been some of the best writing in games for years. The writing for Knights of the Fallen Empire is amazing. Absolutely breathtaking. Not just the visuals, but the writing as well between all of the characters, everything that happens, this epic Star Wars feeling. Like, I mean, it creates these epic it's moments. It's the perfect time for oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a spectacular expansion. Because like you're saying, everything that they did to 
refine the game and make it better for leveling, that's that is amazing. That's fantastic. Like I have been leveling a new character on another server to play with some friends as well. And I have done nothing but class quests. They had said that you can level to 65 doing just class and planetary, the yeah. main planetaries. That, you don't even have I've been doing. And I'm actually over leveled. At this yeah. Point. You don't even have to do the planet stuff. I'm doing just the class stuff and I'm still out leveling everything. So. It, and the, the solo flashpoints are. Yeah fun as hell i agree i agree and like pretty much everything has been a step in the right direction and i absolutely love it and i cannot stress this enough you need to get your ass into that content at the end because we need to talk about this it is (laughs) so epic it's unbelievable and i since i since i never finished any of the story in my first playthrough of the game like I don't want to just jump to the end. I want to see the road to get there. Justifiably, actually, the um, when I did the the because you get that boost, the one character boost mm-hmm. if you want. So I boosted a smuggler up, and I made it a, a female Cathar. So she's just a tough as hell cat woman smuggler, <laughs> and it's just been awesome. But the problem is, is that you don't just miss out on on the prior content class content but also the uh the revan stuff as mm-hmm. well as the hot stuff too so the, it's stuff that i'm going to have to do on other characters because i can't go back and do it on hers so she does not have the attachment to her crew even though i've earned all those crew members on my other smuggler you it's funny but you still because it's an rp game you really really get that attachment to the characters and she has none but that being said she has this attachment to the new crew that you get. So there's a number of crew members that you get. And then afterwards, before you even get yours back, you're recruiting companions and contacts like freaking Pokemon. It's awesome. <laughs> and then you have this list of contacts and you can pop over, go see them, help them out with whatever, things like that. I'm I'm doing questing on my smuggler with characters, companions that belong to other classes, which is freaking awesome. And it makes the game so much more organic because before this class has this companions, this Mm -hmm. one has these, and it's very, very much set. Whereas now it feels very much more like you're a character in this world and you're going to interact with all of these companions and characters because they're not just companions, they're people in that world. So when you go and do quests with, what's his name, Talos, I think, the the, the architect dude, um, I, can't, I, th- I think that's his name, I can't remember his name. Anyways, you, you, you pick him up and you start chatting with him and it's like, I know you because I have you on my other character, but now, no, he's a character in the world and you quest with him and it's like, this is freaking awesome. And then you meet up with robot chick which was freaking awesome and there's like all kinds of stuff and it it turned the the game into something that feels so much more alive and and i can't stress this enough there are moments that are especially if you're playing on a big enough screen because the game does have the game engine obviously problems with how it displays certain graphics but for certain things it's freaking epic looking and there's scenes in this that I don't want to spoil that you're like, oh, my God, that is freaking amazing. And you're you're a part of it. So, yeah, that that expansion for me was hands down the funnest thing. And I and 
because of it, I've been playing a crap load of Star Wars again. Joe, what about you? I actually don't really have a pony in this race. I haven't had time. So, like, the only things that I have played have been Wildstar when it went free-to-play and raiding in Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. Yeah. This far down the line for Warlords now, what is your brief thoughts on what you think they delivered and where it's at right now? I'm still not sure what they delivered. <laughs> it started out in a good place. Uh, could have been sausage, could have been ground beef, yeah. a little hard to tell. I mean, <laughs> it started out really great. Like the, the initial, the initial questing was great. The initial, the initial story burst was great. And then they changed directions and then they changed directions again. And it felt like there were so many hands behind the scene that what we really wound up getting was just an incongruous expansion. Like it wasn't, it didn't fit together well at all. Uh, And even now the story at the end of the expansion going into the next one, uh, the end of the expansion is kind of meh. The beginning of the, the next expansion is far more interesting to me. Um, I don't know. Like I didn't really feel drawn into the story anywhere throughout Draenor. Like it just, that's it started out so promising and the questing was phenomenal and i like all the nods and i liked all the the writing on it and then it just stopped okay all right let's move on so some of our favorite story and writing for the year as well well like i just said for me swotar is one of them because knights of the fallen empire like i said and and I'm counting the actual Knights of the Fallen Empire content at the end because the other stuff was already in the game to begin with. So it's it made it better for questing and whatnot, but that that was already there. But the actual quest lines and things that occur and the, the dynamics between you and your companions as well in Knights of the Fallen Empire are spectacular. One of the other things, too, that I, I wanted to mention that I loved was they finally have put in same-sex relationships that you can have with your companions as well. So my um, female uh, smuggler is actually romancing Lana, the female Sith, which has been so much fun because she's a Republic character. Meanwhile, Lana is a Sith character, and yet it comes off as if they had already a relationship from before, a friendship kind of. And and you could see that from a smuggler. I don't know how well it would play with some of the other characters kind of thing, but from a smuggler, you can see it kind of thing. And it's just been this fantastic story of the two of them being together, not in a sleazy kind of way. It's just been really, really well done, and I've liked that. And then All if- I can think of, I'm sorry, all I can think of right now is I have this image in my mind based on our previous conversation of your Sith woman putting Kitty in her cage. Yeah. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's no a, more hot, boyfriend for you. That's a nut <laughs> to me there. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been really cool. Nobody puts my kitty in a cage. <laughs> Tough as shit. <laughs> Nobody the, puts kitty in the corner. And that's what I That's what I was going to say. Um, the other game, obviously for me is life is strange. I thought that the writing in that was absolutely spectacular and believable in so much as what it is kind of thing. In that world, in that what was going on, with the exception of just a few things here and there, 
it was it worked. I never questioned the writing for the most part, and I and I absolutely loved it, and I loved the character writing as well. And I found that it was a game wherein you could really appreciate the strength of the writing because of how rapidly the writing changed based on your choices. So case in point, when she went back and all of a sudden Chloe's in that wheelchair, the writing took a dramatic shift at that point and the characters took a shift and it was always believable as well that they were these different people. So for me, those two take the nod with Life is Strange being my favorite. Vince, what about you? Uh, definitely Life is Strange. I, I listened to this podcast over the course of the past year. Life is Strange, Tales from the Borderlands, I think all three of us are going to agree on. I, every element of the story and the writing and the characters in those games was by far the best of the year as far as I'm concerned. And, and again, just to sign, shine some light on some... Uh, lesser known games just not necessarily for the stories themselves which were good but for the way those stories were told uh joe you and i talked about this uh the other week with uh, her story the way the story was told as well as sabelle just very unique storytelling mechanics we're getting a big expansion of okay you don't have to tell this grand story tell a really simple story but tell it tell the hell out of it and really approach it from a different point of view I actually was going to bring this up. I'm glad you did as well. Did either of you play her story? No, I haven't played it myself. Okay. I've, I've seen a lot I've of it. I've watched people play it. Okay. So after the Game Awards, because this won several games mm-hmm. uh, of the award and, and some high-ranking ones too, the best narrative. And what was the other one? One, another one too. Uh, best uh, performance. Yeah. So it was a game that I had been wanting to play for a while. And so when this, the awards, I went, screw this. I, I have to play it now. I want to see what the big deal is. And it was, it was $3.80 or something. Yeah. Because it was nothing. So I went, yeah, sure, whatever. So I bought it and I played it that night. Now, it is a very interesting game. And it, I don't think it qualifies as a game. You know, there, and, There's definitely a discussion to be yeah, had. And, 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 and it doesn't need to be labeled. That's fine. But it's interesting because... You really have to figure shit out on your own. You just mm-hmm. tossed in and there's really no instructions to speak of. And it's just sink or swim. Figure it out. And then, and it's interesting how the the frame of mind it puts you in when you're playing. Because now all of a sudden, you're listening for every word and for keywords. And it's like, oh, let's do a search for that keyword. And let's do a search for this. And that brings up this many videos. And okay, let's, and you're branching up from there. And you're putting together this puzzle in a very unique way. What it does, it does very well. That said, and this is, I don't want to crap on anything. That's not what I'm doing, but I will be critical of it. And I, as we've made clear with Life is Strange and everything like that, the idea of getting more games with female protagonists, we need a lot more of that. Without a doubt, we need more of that. I feel this was overblown. I I feel her story was way overblown for what it is. And I'm not just talking in terms of how short it is, because it is. A few hours, you're done. And a few hours, you've pretty much cleared damn near everything in it kind of thing. Again, interesting, but to say that it's the best narrative, I I personally can't agree. When you compare it to truly epic storylines that you get in other games, such as Life is Strange, this, I found, pales in comparison. 
And in terms of her performance, she was good. Don't get me wrong. And, and believable. But when you look at who she was up against and, and who I think actually should have got <laughs> the best, I, I, I don't know why she was given this. I, I quite literally was like, I, I don't get it because most of her performance while believable. And there's a few moments where her, her emotions go up or down a little bit. You can see cracks in the veneer. Yeah. But it's very monotone in terms of her performance there. I, again, I don't want to insult her, but it really didn't take that much in terms of acting chops to, to pull this off at all. Again, it's well done for what it is, but I, I, I can't compare this to the best of the year at all. At all. I, I really I, I, thought it was overblown. I think more it's the delivery of it, right? It's mm-hmm. the vehicle of the delivery that is the, the, the topic in which Vince and I were, were really kind of, I don't want to say enamored with it, but the, why we took notice to it. Oh, it was, again, and, and it is, it was, it, it's interesting and it's fun and you're kind of cluing together things and whatnot. So, but, but then, but then that becomes the question of how do you judge the story and the writing? And I agree with you. I think that uh, from what I've seen, a lot of it was, you know, there seems to be a lot of overblown reaction to it. Um, well, but we see that delivery, a lot, not just in games, but sure. movies, TV, comics, when something truly unique comes along, it does become a phenomenon regardless of the actual quality of it. Yeah. I, again, and I, it, especially for $3 and 80 cents, get it, buy it. And if nothing else, just to support them for this kind of product so we can see more of it. Great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's less than a cup of coffee and a muffin, but, and it is fun to play. It is to sure. sit down and do it and go, wow, that was unique and it was fun. But it's certainly not something that I would have ever thought before they announced it that this would be a best of the year in in anything i just i yeah not at all so uh joe what about you uh same as you guys uh it, life is strange and tales from the borderlands are absolutely phenomenal uh, a third one that really is something i enjoy and i've mentioned it a couple times already uh witcher 3 yeah the sheer volume of story that they put in here, not even just like the main story, but all the side quests, the interaction between villagers, random people, the stories that they gave everyone, the personalities that they gave everyone, the change in perception that happens in in interaction with your character throughout the game. There was a phenomenal, phenomenal amount of just wonderful writing and story in this game. And I haven't even uncovered probably a 10th of it. If I'm, if, if I'm being generous with my time here, it's I was simply floored with how much they put in here. Even the lowliest, lowliest farmer who's sitting there in a pile of dung trying to get a crop to grow has characterization, has reactions, has something. And that low farmer could have a quest for you and that quest could lead on to something bigger. And how everything is woven together and how it happens so organically is phenomenal to me and I think should be mentioned among them. I don't think it's the top but it's in the top three at the very least for me. Okay. Favorite character. Characters, even. For me, favorite characters were very much Max Caulfield and Chloe Price. And I don't think you can actually separate the two, myself, because... Same with my two. (laughs) They're inseparable. They were so... um, I think I know where Vince is going with this. Yeah, Same place you are. (laughs) They were so intertwined (laughs) and worked so beautifully off of each other 
regardless of what choices you made or how you decided to play it. And always believable as well. And I really dug that. And then also, of course, Gordis. And cuz you probably want to say Gordis and Loderbot. I'm just saying yes. Gordis because freaking Gordis. <laughs> That's why. Um, you got to give Loderbot his respect, though. Some, but Gordis. <laughs> and then Nick Valentine from Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah. I, I He's been my buddy, and I've, I've been questing with him, but only up until yesterday. Motherfucker started shooting at me yesterday because he's not happy about me killing people and stealing shit. And, and it's, his disapproval is so low now that he started. I had to go back to a prior save and send him to sanctuary. <laughs> Just leave because otherwise he was so mad at me. But I've been really digging the quest line with him, too, where you get more information about who he's imprinted from and wanting to get more information about that person and things like that. Like it's for a companion. It's an Awesome storyline, and I love it. And then the other one is Senya from Knights of the Fallen Empire. Mm. Now, you wouldn't know this, but, and I, and this is something I don't want to spoil too much, but she's one of the companions that you get, and she's the Emperor's wife. But there's so much more to this character. And you get some, a, a number of new companions in Knights of the Fallen Empire, including in HK, which is in typical HK fashion, tons of fun and whatnot. But there's something about Senya's quest line and, and what you discover about her. And the voice acting is superb for this woman. It's just an incredibly well-written character. Because when you look at what this woman has gone through, it's amazing that she is still sane, relatively speaking. <laughs> so that's for me. Joe, what about you? So I'm going to say Loderbot and Gordis because they were my absolute favorite duo this year. I mean, I ship them so hard. It's not even fair. Uh, and then I can't, after that, I, I don't know because there are so many great companions in Fallout 4 that I have a hard time. I mean, I want to go say dog meat because dog meat, I have an irrational attachment to that goddamn pixel dog. But th we've been spoiled for characters as far as this past year has gone with great characterization, great stories and great depth. Uh, I don't know, man, I'm still going to have to say loader about and Gordas for my favorite too, but there's so many underneath them just tied for second through fifth, man. Vince. Yeah. I'm pretty much on par with you guys. Uh, nothing more to say, but Gordas and Loderbot. <laughs> okay. With, with, for me, Max and Chloe being second. So for favorite voice acting for me, Ashley Johnson for yeah. Gordis was... The entire Borderlands cast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I just, I love Ashley Johnson's work, period, but Gordis was great. And then, of course, Mark Hamill. You, it's one of those things where you start to forget <laughs> how amazing he is and you take it for granted. So whenever you have a Joker in a game, you just Boy, take yeah. it for granted that it's going to be amazing voice acting. And it shouldn't be taken for granted. The voice acting is so um, incredible and so far and above everything else that, again, it, it shouldn't be something that you're like, oh, it's the same as the other Jokers that he's done. Yes, and they were all freaking amazing. And it, it, It's to the point where they just can't do Joker anymore without Mark Hamill. Like, it's not allowed. Yeah. So that's why when, like, she won for her story over Mark Hamill, and it was like, that's having now played her story as well. It's like, no, no, that was wrong. That that just 
should not have happened. And it's an insult to Mark Hamill's performance. It really well and truly is. Uh, Vince, what about you? Uh, again, the cast of Borderlands has to be top, top, top of the list. But somebody that we uh, briefly talked about previously, Linda Carter in Fallout 4. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. just you know yeah. the character, but her singing in that game. Great stuff. Yeah, I've got it unlocked now, too. So I'm listening whenever that comes on. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> cranking the volume up. <laughs> that and Travis. Travis deserves an award for voice acting. <laughs> just to give him a little bit more confidence. <laughs> I love Travis. I actually did the quest line for Travis as well. Yes. So, which was freaking awesome. Awesome. Joe, what about you? I can't disagree with you guys on this one at all. Like, okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm right on board. All right, let's move on to what looked the best. Favorite games in terms of graphics for the year. And this is actually going to be <laughs> surprising. And I, and I talked about this when we talked oh. about the game when it came out. The best looking game for me was by far the Order 1886. Mm -hmm. I thought that game was spectacularly beautiful. It was unbelievable how good that game looked. A huge disappointment as well in terms of how (laughs) short the game was. But just in terms of setting all that aside and how it looked and how you felt in that world as well. Nothing, not even Arkham Knight, I feel, was as good as The Order. I just cannot get over how amazing that game looked. Joe? I'm going to go with Mad Max on this one. Right. And it's just the way that the visuals were done for it was absolutely stunning. We talk about the cinematic feel of video games. This movie, this game felt like a movie at several points. The way they handled the bright sun, the way they handled the, the, without washing out the colors completely, the way that they made it a vibrant wasteland, not just a desolate, dark, dingy. And everything from the fire effects to the sandstorms to, I mean, I've, one of the, one of the coolest parts was literally driving through the middle of one of those sandstorms. It was so just, I literally had to pause the game and just sit back and go, damn, they put a lot of effort into that engine and it really paid off. I was very impressed with just everything I saw environment wise in Mad Max. Cool. Vince. Well, I have to give a lot of love to the amazing rendition that Platinum Games did with Transformers Devastation. Because goddamn, it looks like a Saturday morning cartoon come to life on the screen. It's vibrant. <laughs> it's vibrant. It moves well. High frame rate. Great animation. It's pretty much the Transformers game that I've dreamed of since I was four years old. But honestly, for me, the the winner, I have to give it to Bloodborne oh, yeah. because I, a lot of people look at it like, oh, it's just another you know dark gothic town. We've seen a million of those. This is true, but it's an incredibly well rendered dark yeah. gothic town yeah. and. If you can get past the first couple levels, it really starts to open up. There's some stunning vistas, amazing architecture, and that's not even getting started into how fucking weird shit gets near the end of that game. They did an amazing job with the art design on top of just having great fidelity. I'll give it a nod, too, especially for the uh, the Old Hunters DLC. I haven't um, seen anything from that yet. So it it actually, like, I didn't care for the Bloodborne uh, visuals and I'll be I, I know counterintuitive but 
you kick it over to the old hunters and they gave it a visual upgrade on top of it. There were texture wow. upgrades. Uh, the architecture was even crazier. Uh, the lighting effects were even more stunning. Um, I was watching a friend play it and I was just absolutely floored with what a difference it was. And it was a DLC expansion. Sure. But the difference between the base game and that was it's night and day. So I give them a nod for that. Okay. Favorite moment in gaming last year. I'm going to go first because just in case you guys were going to say the same thing. (laughs) Again, I have a feeling we're kind of all on the same page here, but go on. See you space cowboy. That was, that was it for me. That entire scene with him was by far the standout moment of the year for me where I was like, that was awesome. That was depressing as hell, but it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so well done with nods here and there. And I don't know, it was just perfectly written, even though you knew where it was going, it still held you to the very end. And I just absolutely loved it. Vince. Well, in the same vein, I have to go with the finger gun battle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Finger gun battle. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Joe? Same game, but I honestly have to go with the Gordas Mighty Morphin Power Rangers come together. (laughs) We're battling the giant kaiju moment because I saw that and I squealed with delight. That was absolutely hysterical. And when all five of them come together, it's just like, oh, God damn it, it's an episode of Power Rangers. I love it. What's hilarious is I think we all had the same top three, just in a different order. (laughs) (laughs) And so favorite game then, taking all of this into account, favorite game of the year. I still have to give it to Fallout 4. Joe? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go slightly different, and I'm actually going to go ahead and say Witcher 3. Okay, Vince? I would not have thought a month ago I would have said anything other than Life is Strange, but goddamn, I can't get Fallout out of my head. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Biggest disappointment of the year. (laughs) I'm going to go The Order 1886, which is the reason why I'm no longer pre-ordering shit. (laughs) (laughs) You've learned. For what it was, and I was telling Joe because it was on sale at one point, and it was on sale like super cheap. (laughs) That sounded like Travis. (laughs) Super cheap. cheap. But if you can get it cheap, it's actually... They're missing out on a huge opportunity for not selling this for $18.86. God, shut up. I'm still talking. For if you can get it cheap, it actually is a lot of fun. The story is fun. It's not long, but it's fun. The voice acting, for the most part, really quite good. And the visuals are spectacular. So if you get it super cheap, it's actually worthwhile. Sadly, I pre-ordered. I paid full price. And it was not worth that. Full Canadian price. Yeah. On top of that, yeah. The other biggest, the without a doubt, well, actually, Windows 10. Fucking assholes. <laughs> that was another disappointment. <laughs> Biggest disappointment for me this year? Fucking Wildstar support. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Those jackasses can oh, bite man. me. I have got the tweets to prove it in the emails. When someone tells you that you should crack open your iMac and dust it off, <laughs> that's their ideal support. Yeah, you people need to actually take a course or two in how to support different consoles and systems. Uh, Vince, what about you? I'm actually very proud of myself that... I avoided a lot of disappointments this year. <laughs> I, I've been very frugal and very uh, 
choosy with my purchases, so I, I, I don't have any particular disappointments, but from an outsider looking in, I do have to all uh, go along with the Order 1886, because that's a game that had everything going for it. We were all really excited for, and then it came out, <laughs> and everything it did, it did fantastic. It looks gorgeous. It plays well. The story that they managed to get through in the game was interesting, but just as it started to get really interesting, it was over. <laughs> It's funny because, again, we talked about it at the time where they were putting the videos beforehand. And and the one that comes to mind is when they were talking about how much attention they put to fabrics, that they looked like fabrics, behaved like fabrics and everything else. And when you're playing the game, and this is something that at one point I was playing and my son was there and I was commenting because I'd seen that video and it was true. You're playing this game and you're like, it's noticeable. And it's not until you see a game do it so spectacularly well that you can appreciate it and go, wow, the other ones really are skimping out on this. Yeah, but they're skimping out to put the money where it should be in the goddamn (laughs) story and gameplay later on. So the jacket clips a little over the gun, but you've got four more hours of gameplay. (laughs) You know what game doesn't have phenomenal graphics? Fallout. Yeah. Has good graphics. (laughs) Yeah, it's stretching it a little. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Joe, what about you? It has passable graphics. Um, so I, I'm with Vince. I didn't have a whole lot of disappointments this year, except for, well, one, I guess. I don't know if it counts as this year or last year, really. But Warlords of Draenor is definitely up there. Yeah. You've but continued what, to be disappointed in yeah, this year. But but I will have to say what was actually a bigger Debbie Downer for me at this point was not hearing Ron Perlman's voice when I loaded up Fallout 4. I'll give you that one. The lack of that, the lack of that just kind of like, don't get me wrong. I love the game otherwise, but it was just like, it was just like that, that piece de resistance. It was just missing. Yeah, I was right with it. All right. So now just what are we looking forward to in 2016? Well, the obvious one for me, VR. I have made that abundantly clear (laughs) for many months. I am hook, line, and sinker. I am ready for that shit, and I cannot wait. Also looking forward to No Man's Sky, obviously. That's that's one that I may pick Most up. Most anticipated on, game for three years running. Yeah. I, <laughs> I may pick that up for PC and for PS4. That's how much I want to play that shit. I left that off my list this year just on principle. Yeah. <laughs> and then I am looking forward to Uncharted 4. I know you guys not as much, but I really am looking forward to it. And then obviously Dishonored 2. I I really can't wait to play that game. I forgot about Dishonored 2. Crap. Yeah. It's going to be a hell of a year. No kidding. Vince? Uh, And now that we're getting very close, I have 100% caught the XCOM fever because XCOM 2 comes out Mm -hmm. in the beginning of February. And God, I love that game. (laughs) Uh, Beyond that, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Still super hyped for that game. And along the same lines, the game that will probably finally sell me an Xbox if it comes out next year. We haven't talked about it in a while, but I'm still incredibly impressed by it and really looking forward to it is Scalebound. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we actually we haven't had as much news last few because um, they didn't talk mm-hmm. about it at, at uh, whatchamacallit, the last one, the last show. At least not that I saw. Well, the last show was the PlayStation show, so they certainly weren't no, talking no, about No, no, the Xbox. one before that. I'm trying to remember which one was the one before that. Uh, the... God. It wasn't the Tokyo Game Show. Anyways, no, yeah, no, we haven't. Tokyo. Was it? Yeah. Okay, because I don't recall hearing about it there. 
But no, anyways, we haven't heard as much about it in the last yes. few months. But that's not unusual for a Japanese-developed game. Yeah. Joe, what about you? So, Dishonored 2, absolutely up there. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. is up there. ReCore is up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Last Guardian. <laughs> that goes in No Man's Sky territory. Yeah. <laughs> we have video you, now, you, at least. You can only look forward to it for so long. <laughs> it was not on my list last year. It's going on my list this year. Yeah, because last year it was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so that is it it has been a fantastic year we have had a ton of fun very much looking forward to next year and all the games that are going to be coming out boys thank you again for the year had a lot of fun god i love what we do many more indeed so that is going to wrap it up everybody in the audience Thank you very much for your support this year means a lot that you guys listen to us jackasses every week and We'll see you next year. That's a wrap. Hey, I got through it without coughing. Thank you, Codeine and Wine. (laughs) Oh, was that choking, not coughing? Does that not count? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was more like a mouthful of phlegm coming up. <laughs> Wash it down with a swig of wine. Okay, then. <laughs> oh, and uh, let me know whenever you guys do want to do more Shadowrun. I'm prepped for another 15 sessions. Yeah, we're going to... You prepped, you poor bastard. I have outlines. <laughs> I don't have hard lines. I have, here are things that could happen. Here's what I expect Roger to do. I'm behaving in that one. Listen, right. on the bright side, there's a lot less flammable stuff in Shadowrun. <laughs> it's all made out of chrome. You're, you're so. going to be in a tense city, so no, not really. <laughs> all right, I figured it out, Joe. Roger and I will have an extra drink for you, and you can just pretend. Okay. I've already got a half a bottle of wine in my glass. <laughs> that's on top of the cold meds and pain meds. I can tell I've spent too many days stationary sitting down because I don't have the energy to do fuck all because I just reached over to turn the <laughs> fan off. And it's like I sprained my boob. <laughs> I had that I had that after uh, after I got done being sick at Christmas. I went to go like tie my Man. goddamn shoe and I'm like, oh god, my ribs. Oh, it's no, this is like right in my chest. But I had to reach under the table to get to the fan to turn it off. And I sit back down. And I went, ow, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what happens when you spend two weeks sitting pretty much in the same spot, not doing jack shit. You sprain your boobs. Life lessons, man. Life lessons. That's right. I'll just sit here and massage my boob oh, while you guys feel uncomfortable. Uh, no, not uncomfortable. <laughs> How uh, off the cuff are we going to be tomorrow? Or CBI, or do you have an actual plan? Pretty freeform. Okay. Shit, that Just means I have to research. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to research. You just have to remember. Oh, no, oh yeah, really? Seriously? <laughs> Back to Exhibit A: Sprain boob because I haven't been able to do jack shit. That goes for my brain too. Although I've gotten pretty goddamn far and followed, let me tell you. <laughs> Dan, what was that noise? I don't know, Dan. I don't know. Me massaging my boob? Uh, it's possible. 
It is entirely possible. We don't know how... There's no excitement from massaging the boob, though, sadly. So you're not going to get the groans and moans. It's more like, God damn, that hurts. <laughs> so it's a nice setup. So that's why I've been playing so much Fallout. Because it's not crashing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, <laughs> old habit, though. I keep saving all the time. And I'm still playing it on the controller. Because it was fucked when I got it that it only played on the controller. And I went... Meh, why bother fixing it? <laughs> so I've been playing on controller. And it's like I've got that that to uh, like a, a science, just click, save, click, save. And I'm constantly saving. <laughs> and it's like, shit, I don't have to do that now. It's not going to crash on me. But yeah, I was, well, again, I was sick as a fucking dog. So I just, that's all I did for days was play Fallout. It would have been glorious. Sean's none too happy with me, though. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I was talking to Alicia about it. She's like, "So, you found him?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "So, now everybody's happy?" I was like, "As soon as I murder a few hundred individuals." <laughs> the thing. Oh, I'm I'm murdering everything, man. The um, there's a. I'm already seeing how there's a lot of different ways this could play out. So mm-hmm. it's not likely we're going to have the same experience. But I popped into the institute after doing some stuff. Let's just leave it at that. And everybody wanted everybody freaking Susie scientist here who normally just handles vials all of a sudden has a laser rifle pointed at my head. Everybody wants me dead. And I just kind of ran and hid and waited until kind of coast was clear a little bit. As soon as you peek out again, everybody's after you. And I'm going, what the freaking sense? Fuck. No, well, not all of them, but and uh, they're all freaking sense. Come on. Yeah, they were not happy with me. I actually had to at one point go back to a prior save before yeah. I poured it in because there was no way out. Even taking the elevator to the top and trying to get out, it wouldn't let me out because that's mm-hmm. a one way only. And then I couldn't port out either. I don't, I honestly don't know how you get out in that situation because I couldn't find it anywhere. You mm. can't like that's, that's a you're flaw. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a flaw. It's a flaw in that particular encounter. Um, whoever wrote that sort of arc didn't have a branching path. You have to follow one, and if you deviate, you game's over. Gooch. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. So, luckily, I hadn't wasted too much time between the save and all. I wanted to be like fifteen minutes or so, so I didn't care too much. But uh, but I was just again wondering what the hell. How would you get out of there without cheating and using a console thing to just fly through the freaking floor like Superman and <laughs> zip up and hope to hell that there's because it's supposed to be underground but I don't know if in 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 actuality it's underground and if you go up enough that you make it to the surface again I don't know how it works it's it doesn't you'd have to use um so the you'd console have to command yeah. you'd have to actually use the teleport console command yeah. so, so yeah that, that, that was fucked up but anyways yeah but it, it made for interesting questing afterwards let me tell you because, again, I was debating, should I go back and try a different path to see where it'll go and whatnot? And then I thought, you know what? No, I actually want to see where this is going to go. You burn your bridge, let's see what happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm coming up on the uh, the Battle of Bunker Hill. And okay. it gives you the options oh, to... It, it gives you the options to warn the railroad or warn the Brotherhood if you want to. It was like, oh, warn the ra- railroad. Fuck, yeah, fuck the brotherhood. brotherhood. <laughs> Seriously, fuck the brotherhood. I was on my way to the guy. I was on my way to the fucking find a uh, doctor. What is it, Vern? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm doing nothing to them. 
of one of their whirlybirds goes overhead and they start fucking shooting me. Like I've had no interaction with the goddamn Brotherhood at all and they're fucking firing at me. Fuck them. That first Institute quest where you have to go take out the synth that's become a bandit leader. Yes. The guy I was supposed to meet on the dock started shooting at a vertebrate that was flying overhead. (laughs) So I'm standing there and, you know, he's immortal. He'll go down to zero health, sit there for a minute and then pop back up again because he's a quest NPC. And it's this one guy trying to fight at what eventually becomes three vertebrates, two paladins. (laughs) I just ported back to Sanctuary, slept for two days and came back because that was... (laughs) And then looped like crazy. Yeah, pretty much. There was one quest that I did again with the coursers too, where you go and you got to be fighting the um, the Brotherhood as well. <laughs> enough, enough. <laughs> We're starting in a minute. And this is <laughs> we can talk some about this later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, manellijamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.